0: You haven't turned around. Oh, we have a job to do. Job? This is a this is a pleasure yacht. You're, you're, you're weekend sailors, not the bloody navy.
1: And your age? Men my age dictate this war. Why should we be allowed to send our children to fight it? You should be at home! Well, there won't be any home if we allow a slaughter across the channel.
2: What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, where four friends sit down and review movies you absolutely should have seen already. My name is Scott, and I'm here with the three biggest tots, no taters, no rotten potatoes. <laughs> besides myself, did you have a script for that? It <laughs> was it good? Was it compelling? Yeah, it was
1: really good. Good. Yeah, and I just you just seemed like you had every word ready to go, <laughs> planned out. I'm Jake.
2: I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm Tyler, and we're reviewing dunkirk today yeah we are it's another one of uh chris nolan's bests and uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right he doesn't have any worsts
1: just bests i just i feel like scott is throwing this out here in tyler and zach's faces
3: i i don't know what's happening also it, bests is not <laughs> uh not a word but it could be <laughs> i'm not a writer coin it
1: right. uh, people could just make up words You're just goleming all over us right now? What uh, (laughs) (laughs) the...
2: How how do you get, like, a word to be officially, like, coined? I think you just need to get it put in the dictionary, so you just talk to whoever does that. But there's, like, different dictionaries. Sure. I don't know. Is there, like, an official, like, this is a word, this isn't a word?
3: Uh... No, there's not anyone. I mean, every year, uh, Oxford and Merriam-Webster both, (laughs) like add new words like they say like this is a new word now uh-huh. like
1: zach's not enthralled <laughs> no
0: <laughs>
3: he's, still, he's still he's still just been
1: pretty checked out of our podcast lately he's still just
3: digging on my uh my golem joke so okay. that was funny that's a good joke <laughs> i think that
0: was
2: underappreciated you <laughs> <Me> think so <laughs>
3: Oh, I didn't like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Dunkirk. Yeah, Scott, so
2: you you picked this movie. I did. Uh, Tell us why. Yeah. I thought I <laughs> had never best. seen it. I <laughs> thought I had never seen it. Um, and I was like, ooh, like I like World War II. I like like True Stories. I love Chris Nolan. Like this is going to be great. You love Harry Styles. I love Harry Styles. Yeah. I love Killian Murphy. Mark Rylance. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Uh, Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> so I, yeah, I just love all these things. I knew a couple of those people, um, and so I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna nominate it for the pod." And I got into it, and I was like, "Oh, I've seen this before." How long did it take you? Uh, not long. I think I actually figured it out before I started it. <laughs> you didn't like text us. I figured you hadn't seen it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, was my I wrong? Gosh.
2: No. All right. But I feel
1: a little bit hurt that you just assume that I, why? My, why it's not a dig. I, the way you said it, it sounded like it. My favorite part of this experience
3: is that, uh, Scott was the one who told me I needed to see it. Like I remembered that vividly uh-huh. and Scott was like, no, I've never seen it. And, and like maybe a, two months ago when we were like putting our lists together I was like you've you've seen Dunkirk and he was like no no I never have and I'm like all right because I believed that it was possible that you had recommended a movie to me that you had never seen that you were like <laughs> no you definitely need to watch
1: this even that though you've never of great seen yeah. like, <laughs> that's a much funnier like and more and honestly pretty believable version of the event r- yeah right yeah.
2: <laughs> I think for me there's just all the movies like in this era that have come out in the last 10 years, like start to like bleed together for me. And so like, I think I just assumed it was a different movie. You were thinking of Midway probably. Maybe like that was one that I wanted to see that I never saw. Is that saw. the one with
1: Nick Jonas? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm really. Thankful. It came out right around the same yeah. time too. I'm really thankful
0: that the rules were not reversed and that you <laughs> thought we were going to watch Dunkirk, but you recommended Midway.
1: <laughs> was Midway not good?
0: No, I mean not nearly. Like I, not I
1: Dunkirk didn't, good. Yeah, I didn't okay. see it, but it wasn't directed by Chris Nolan no. and it had Nick Jonas. <laughs> one, uh, one uh, not that Harry I, Styles. <laughs> yeah, one that <laughs> Knock I'm looking forward to in
2: the future. That I, I'm assuming once again, Jake hasn't seen it. <laughs> all right, was nine? Is 1917? I have seen it. Do oh, you? you have we've it? all yeah. seen it. Have you seen? I have. Are you sure? Maybe in the future like you'll forget that you yeah, saw yeah. it. i loved 1917. I wish we were talking about it. I mean, I like this movie too, so we'll I've, stick with Dunkirk.
1: I've got to say, though, back to what you were saying about Scott, I would also believe that Scott's using us as canaries to be like, you should watch this movie just to see if it would be a waste of his time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're like, dude, I hate it. He's like, good thing I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That seems really on brand. But I,
2: I would have to stick it with I'd be like, oh, really? I liked it. Yeah, yeah, but we we all are agreeing that that's a, a, Kinda, a move yeah, I would a
0: do. A probable
2: yeah, Kind of like
0: what you did with the Oppenheimer? Yeah. <laughs> like, is, what do you think oh, yeah. is great?
2: Yeah, last episode when I was going to lie. <laughs> that would have been funny. It would have been, but it didn't happen. All right, let's get into just the facts. Uh, this was written and directed by Christopher Nolan. It released on July 12th, 2017. Had a runtime of 106 minutes. Uh, the other guys gave this a 92%. IMDb gave it a 7.8. Had a huge box office of $527 million on a budget of $100 million, so he likes to spend a lot of money on his movies.
0: Yeah,
3: he does. Uh,
2: this had three awards. It won for Best Film Editing, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. And then it lost in five other categories for Best Score, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, and Best Production Design. Or best product design, whatever you prefer.
3: Product design. What's uh when's the last time that we did a movie that broke a hundred million in budget? It's been a while. Yeah, Scott's been off
2: of his his It's probably game. a Scott pick. Wally. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I I forgot that Wally cost hundred and eighty million dollars and I still don't understand that. That makes zero sense to me. It
2: makes a lot of sense to me.
3: But and I forgot that we did Wally, honestly.
2: And before that was Scott's as another Scott pick at Skyfall at two hundred million. Yeah, yeah.
3: And then Titanic. And then
2: blood diamond oh blood diamond 100 million, 100 million. all right okay. I'm in so there. it's been quite a
3: while since before we've, you have a
2: non scott pick that breaks it for sure
3: you know, yeah well i mean it's just been a while since we had anything uh that broke 100 million dollars well cost. i would say this was 100 million well spent i agree i agree and i actually understand why it cost 100 million dollars <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, apparently they rented the Spitfire planes from this collector guy, and the planes themselves cost five million or fifty million a piece, or something like that.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say five million seemed low. I think How? they rented
2: them for five million a piece, and they rented two of them.
3: Wow!
1: So they, they only had two. Yeah, I guess that that's yeah, all we saw. It's okay. Just the two Spitfires. Yeah. And
2: the only the this collector, I don't remember his name. is definitely European. Uh, but the only person who owns more Spitfire planes than him is the Queen. Wow. Wow, mm-hmm. interesting. I wonder how many the queen has. I don't know. Just the Probably
1: leftovers. Three, yeah. at least three. Do you think <laughs> at, least three. at least three?
0: Do you think the queen
3: owns them, or like the the monarchy of England owns? Them? I when I, I was the queen,
1: there, I saw Liz flying one around. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> she could have just borrowed it. From uh, no, I think it was hers. Oh, okay. Liz, she's a pretty good pilot. I heard. Yeah, <laughs> had it. It had a paint job with her face on it. She's got she's got a very impressive
2: uh, reflexes. I like they'd be uh-huh. really
1: disrespectful.
2: <laughs> It'd be really funny, though. It would be. Oh, so, man. So uh, let's go to the late bloomer, or do you guys want to go first? No, no. Well, we we always do the late bloomer last. Okay. Well, then, Ty, how did you feel about watching this again?
3: Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. I was talking to Zach the other day about this. I hadn't watched it yet, and I had been putting it off Uh watching it because the first time I watched it, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And, uh, Zach was telling me that he had, you know, a similar experience, uh, his first time, but that I should watch it with subtitles, which I had to do with tenant. Uh, like the first time I watched tenant, I really enjoyed it. Um, but then the second time I watched it with subtitles and I loved it. It might, it might be my favorite Chris Nolan movie. Hmm. Um, and, uh, so I, I watched this with subtitles this time, and I, I, I did. I, I absolutely loved this movie. I've, I liked it way more than the first time I watched mm-hmm. it. I think I was just catching more. I, I mean, I still, I think I made the joke already on air that um, I had a hard time sometimes following who was who still. Mm-hmm. like there were times where it's like they're swimming in the ocean and it's it's all just so frenetic and like at one point toward the end they're like covered in oil mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know who I'm looking at who's like being saved yeah. who's being saved right now who's about to die like who just died like i I really have no idea anymore um but at least with the dialogue I caught all of it this time because of the subtitles yeah and man did i did I love it I got very um very choked up very emotional at, mm-hmm. at many points throughout this movie
2: yeah one of the things that really added to my viewing experience at this time was i just recently watched through world war ii in color on netflix where they go through 10 different battles as 10 different episodes and the first one is dunkirk and like the importance of this and like what exactly happened and so like just the weight of what happened in this story like changed the tide of the war. Like if this evacuation wouldn't have happened, Germany probably would have
3: won. Oh, absolutely, go. yeah, yeah. And that that was the thrust of uh, of Churchill's statement that they that they quote at the end.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad that they had somebody else read it. <laughs> speaking of not being able, to speaking of needing subtitles, it has nothing to do with the music. That's just. Mushmouth. <laughs> <laughs> but Harry Styles did a great job reading it. So. I think the other Yeah,
0: you're right. Uh, Zach, what do you think watching this through? Uh, yeah, I had a very similar experience to to you, Tyler. Um, yeah, the first time I watched this was in theaters. And uh, the last two Chris Nolan movies that I watched in theaters, I had really frustrating experiences with Tenet in this uh, because I just had a really hard time uh, picking up the dialogue. And so I felt lost, m- much more so with Tenet. But with this movie, enough to where like it got to a point when I was watching it where I just checked out a little bit. So it's just like, I don't know what has been said, and I'm just a little lost, and I can't appreciate this as much as I want to, to like really enjoy it. And so I kind of mentally checked out a little bit. I knew it was a good movie, but I didn't love it. This time around, yeah, I watched it with some subtitles. <clears throat> Excuse me. um, And loved it. Like, I just... I I felt like I was just kind of in awe watching Mm. this movie. Like I thought it was super impressive. Um, Scott, like you were talking in in a past episode, I don't remember, just how uh, a true story can affect you Mm -hmm. much more. And I kind of said like that doesn't always happen, but if if it's a great film and then it's a true story and a really important story, Mm -hmm. it can really like impact me a lot. And I, I, I felt like this was a really powerful film. Um, I thought in typical Chris Nolan fashion, like narratively, it was told in a really creative way that I mm-hmm. really loved. Um, I had forgotten that like the three different storylines that you follow, one is within an hour and then a day and then a week. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was so creative and so cool and really original, especially for a war movie. Like mm-hmm. war movies are, are usually very linear and very straightforward. And I, I loved how this was told. And I was just in awe of the effects, the, all the practical effects, just the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think something that I don't typically think much about is the coloring of a film, but I thought the coloring of this film was so good. I just thought like m- so many shots were like really beautiful and really striking mm-hmm. and, and just really great. I just feel like every aspect of this movie was near 10. Like I, I think it's a near perfect movie. I really loved it. I told Tyler the other day, I feel like this might be my favorite Chris Nolan movie, but I also feel like he's the kind of filmmaker where you then will go back and rewatch an old movie and be like, okay, maybe this one's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then rewatch another one. Oh, maybe this one's my favorite. They're like, just
2: all so good. Yeah. More often yeah. than
0: not, his movies are just so good. Um, but no, I, I was kind of blown away by this movie, and I really loved it. Like I am I was very surprised by how much I really ended up loving it, and I'm, I'm really happy we were uh, able to rewatch this movie.
2: Yeah, I. It's funny you mentioned the coloring too. Like that was something that I actually noticed pretty like quickly. On I was like at the beginning of the movie, everything felt so cold. Yeah, like the coloring was very blue and like it was like really like just through desaturated. The, yeah, and- just through the coloring like changed the vibe of of the movie to like okay, this is a negative time. There's something difficult happening, and it's all through not having to communicate anything outside of just the way they colored it. Jake, what uh, as a as a late bloomer.
1: Yeah, well I had do you know, like Zach, you said that you had this experience where a movie got overhyped and then you you didn't like it. I had the opposite experience with this movie where like Scott picked it and you guys were like pretty down on it. Like when Scott picked it and I was like, is this not good? You know? And then I watched it and I was like, Oh, I I like this. I don't know what they were talking about. <laughs> you know, like I and then I was like, Am I an idiot? I don't know. But I I enjoyed it. I I thought I just like what Zach was saying, I thought that the story was told in a very interesting In like creative way. And I liked that a lot. Um, I thought it was very, very pretty to look at and like all in all, I thought it was really, really good. And I just didn't, I, I was, I was watching it and I was like, I don't get it. Like, what are they (laughs) so upset about? You know, uh, it was really funny. Yeah. I don't remember
3: being like upset about it, but I, it's funny that, uh, especially like Zach and I telling our experience first and then like uh-huh. your experience, at, like
2: because <laughs> yeah, so you funny. both thought it wasn't going to be that great.
3: Well, no, I liked it. I just didn't love it. And again, I, I the first time I just felt so lost the mm-hmm. entire time that I was like, mm, man, I, I don't really want to spend, you know,
2: two, almost three hours. Yeah. What's funny is you guys were talking about doing the subtitles on the movie. And it was something that I, when I first started doing it, it was super distracting to me. Like, I felt like I was missing the movie because I kept reading. Right. Yeah. But now I do it on everything I watch. And it's like, I it's a second nature. Like, I feel like I get so much more out of both now because I'm just used to it.
1: I do it a lot. Too, because my girlfriend can't watch anything without subtitles. It would seem, uh, but <laughs> uh, but I, it still distracts me. Like I'm better now than I was, but mm-hmm. it's it's still a worse experience for me. But like, I happened to have the subtitles on when I watched it, and I probably benefited from that just because yeah. mm. the setting was already set on HBO for me.
2: It, it's something I, I started doing because uh, my wife's parents are English second language, and whenever we would watch movies and stuff at their house, they always liked having English subtitles on because it was easier to read than to verbally understand. Right. And so like, I just got used to watching things with subtitles when I was there and then like came here into my new place. And then like, I just left like subtitles on all the time. I, uh, I used, I hate it less. Like I, I,
3: I used to loathe when I would watch something with someone and they're like, I have to turn on subtitles. I loathed it because I just spent the whole time looking at the lower third of the screen and, uh, now I, I will, I'm like maybe 30, 40% of the time I'll put on subtitles, but it's usually when I'm just trying to like, I'm home. I've, have, I have, you know, a roommate and trying to be respectful we're we're in kind of a small space. And like, mm-hmm. so I'll keep the volume down pretty low on things and turn on subtitles, uh, and watch
1: TV like an old person, I guess. Well, you know what you can do about that? And this is what I've done my whole life is I wear headphones. To watch movies? I do sometimes, and too. And yeah. that's better because I, I would play Xbox all the time. My mom would be like, you can't play the volume. We're trying to sleep. And then finally, I got headphones for my Xbox, but then they have, like, streaming on all those. So it's it, it, a bit of a game changer, I would say, if you're trying to that.
3: that. No, I do do that sometimes. Like, especially if I'm going to watch a movie um, for the first time or something like that, um, I'll use my AirPods. Um, because, I mean, not only does that like I can have it as loud as I want, but just the audio quality on the AirPods is better than my soundbar. And so like, I just have a better viewing experience, you know, if I use my, use my AirPods.
2: I saw a piece of tech the other day on Instagram. I don't know if it's real or not, but it was like a dual viewing TV where if you're on one angle of the TV, it looks like, like you're someone's playing video games. And then if you're sitting like four more feet to the right, it's a, It's a different, like, something else is on the screen. So it's displaying twice, but, like, the pixels are angled, apparently. It's
3: fake, but it's based on real technology.
2: I just thought that would be interesting. Like, basically, two people could be watching the same TV at the same time, but watching different things.
3: That'd be cool. So uh, a television manufacturer, I can't remember who, when um, 3D first came out, they developed uh, a feature where you could... uh, they called it like dual game mode. So instead of watching split screen, it amplifies the each side of the split screen to the full screen. And then you have two different types of 3d glasses and one can only see half the image. One can only see the other half of the image, mm. but they just layer them over each other. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but i I saw that uh, the other day on Instagram as well. And I was like, this is so cool. And I like Googled it and it was like, Oh no, it's fake. <laughs> Bit of a bummer, I know, because it's a great idea. Mm-hmm.
2: But, yeah, it just reminds me of like those like um, like billboards you could see like as you walk, they change back and forth yeah. based on how the lights reflecting off of them. Yeah, but holographic. Yeah, like a holographic Charizard. <laughs> just like That's yeah. exactly, just like,
1: yeah. Dunkirk is exactly like a holographic Charizard. If you guys are going to take one thing away from this episode,
2: it's that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's an Instagram post there for sure. You know, one of the
3: things that, that I particularly appreciated about this film, um, watching it through this time, is that, uh, you know, in general, something like Dunkirk, you know, the Battle of Dunkirk, you know, I've seen, like, Scott, to your point, like, I've seen, um, you know, uh, World War II in color, I've seen, like, lots of different, uh, like, documentary type things, and even maybe, like, stories that included the story of Dunkirk and it is such a powerful story. But, but what I loved about this is that, um, you know, Dunkirk is a powerful story, but there are hundreds and thousands and specifically, I guess, hundreds of thousands of stories about Dunkirk. And the fact that we got to experience that through this movie, I think is really powerful Mm -hmm. where we got to have not just Lancey air, but we got to have these really personal individual experiences and track those through. And one of the things I had actually completely forgotten about this movie, uh, that I enjoyed watching it again. I forgot that they overlapped Mm -hmm. like that. They all connected back together.
2: It was three stories that combined into one
3: that, you know, it was the, like at the very end that it's the guys on land get saved by Mark Rylance in the sea who gets saved by Tom Hardy in the air.
1: Yeah, no, I thought that that was a very, like, cool coming together. And then, like, at the end, I was like, oh, it makes sense that they would. But I kind of was not thinking that they would. Yeah, you know? right. The whole time, they feel so siloed. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, well, and even, like, as they're telling the story towards the end, and he, they start picking up the people with oil on them, like, they still haven't quite shown that that's our main character. Right, like, right. Just someone else that they th- you think they're picking up. And then it cuts back to that story and then it catches you up to that point. You're right. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is all happening together.
3: Yeah. Those catch up moments. Those were actually really cool when they like doubled back on itself to mm-hmm. like, I, I really appreciated how they did that.
0: Yeah. I, I thought that was really cool too. And um, Tyler, you were talking about earlier how like at times it was still a little hard to, to follow who was who, what's going on. And I, I thought that that was cool. Like I, I'm not implying that you meant that as a negative thing. Um, I thought it was cool in that like in those moments it was so chaotic and I I enjoyed when the main character gets pulled up onto the boat and sees Harry Styles also made it and I wonder if that was a lot of people's experiences like Mm. chaos would ensue Mm -hmm. and you're like I have no idea if this person maybe one of my friends or even this acquaintance is going to make it and then like the dust settles and you realize oh he made it. Mm-hmm. Like He's here and like, he mm-hmm. kind of, you know, and they kind of have that like little unspoken moment together. Um, I just, I, I thought that was a kind of creative way to convey that chaos that yeah. I'm sure soldiers experienced.
2: And I think one of the really like compelling parts of not only like how he, they told it in this story, but just in the story of Dunkirk in real life of all these soldiers feel like a failure. Like they're getting pulled oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. Like they think they're going to go back to being like criticized and ridiculed and they're, they're, they've lost they feel like and they come back to soldiers just happy to see celebrated them, or to people civilians just happy to see them and celebrated
3: or and, not see them in case in the case of the blind guy. Yeah, but I'm just, uh, <laughs> just kind
2: of speaking to like R-I-P. your, your value isn't in what you do for us. Your value is in yourself. Yeah. Like, w- the life that you we're, hold. Is we're valuable just glad you're us. alive. Yeah.
3: Cause that, that's what the blind guy said. Cause Harry Styles said all, all, all we, all I did was survive. And he said, "That's enough.,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, like, yeah, that's a the, powerful moment w- with subtitles, uh, you're able to pick up on some of those powerful moments. yeah, <laughs> like I, I forgot how like right not necessarily forgot, but like, yeah, this time through, like I felt a lot more emotional about this movie. Mm. like I thought that was a really powerful emotional uh part of the movie. um i I think the most emotional part of the movie for me was seeing that blind boy make it into the paper. Uh-huh. at the
1: end of the well movie. Dead, dead boy dead boy
0: well, yeah yeah same guy <laughs> well he got he, also he blind. got
1: he got blind and then very quickly got dead
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, i know I, I saw the movie i yeah. know i just well, i wouldn't have described sure. i wouldn't have
1: described him as that blind boy <laughs> he
0: was already described as the blind kid no he no, wasn't i was
3: talking about the old man that, what old man. So <laughs> that as they come back, as they're exiting the, the boat. Did you watch the movie? There, there's an old man that there's is like, blind, handing out blankets. and he's handing out blankets and he keeps saying, good job, boys, oh. good job, boys, good job, boys. And Harry says, uh, or Alex is the character's name. Harry Styles character says, I just survived. Okay. And he says, that's enough. And, uh, then our main sort of land character comes up after him and he feels his face. Yeah. And so yeah, we yeah. know he's blind. I know. And then immediately after Alex says, did you see that old, old guy? He couldn't even look at us. Couldn't yeah. even look us in the eye,
0: and uh-huh. it, but he just didn't realize that. You said blind guy. And my first thought was the guy, the kid who dies. And yeah. then you said, he said that. And I was like, I don't think he did, but I'm just going to let that. slide.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the <Our laughs> kid who was blind for 30 seconds of the movie before he died right <laughs> then.
0: I mean, we I don't, don't think know he how said long another word.
1: He- yeah. Oh no, he did. He
3: did. He had a couple yeah. of times after he was blind. Cause he said, I can't, I can't see. see. I think that was the only thing he said was I can't
1: see. And then like, they had like a little interaction and that was yeah. the last scene where he no, was No, he
0: talked about wanting to make it into the paper. That was like, that same scene. That was I same know, scene. but that he didn't just say, I can't
1: see. Yeah. I know, no, no. but that was, it was just saying his interaction yes. was his last. It, it was about yes. less than a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway.
3: uh, Yeah. No, seeing it's the, an emotional part of the movie. The kid, that was yes. when I cried the most was yeah. when uh, Mark Raylands comes home and shows the, the paper to his, to his son. Like, yeah. I I cried the hardest there, and I also cried uh, when um, m- almost all the scenes involved involving Mark Rylance. To be honest, uh, he might have been my favorite part of the movie. I guess when um, he's talking to Collins, the pilot that uh, uh, gets shot down, gets shot down, and he says, uh, "My my son was RAF. Like I knew your I know your lot, and I know that you would get him." Kind of a thing. And he asks the, the kid, he was like, you're RAF? And he was like, no, my brother, he died the first week. Like, I, I got really choked up at that. Mm-hmm. Just uh, a look into this character's motivation because he is so determined to get to Dunkirk to save these soldiers. Mm-hmm. And that there's some deeper motivation that like he's almost like redeeming his son in a way, you know? I don't
2: know. Yeah, I think it a part of it is like he sees these soldiers as someone's son. Uh yes. And yes. so it's like if I can help someone else not go through what I've been yes. through, yes, then I'll. I'll. It, that's worth my life.
1: Oh, so good.
0: I think that was my favorite of the three storylines. Was everything on the boat? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think I liked that the best, but it, it it's tough because like I just I I thought. Tom Hardy, who was back in a mask. Uh, (laughs) Chris Nolan heard how much we loved it in Dark Knight Rises (laughs) and said, let's do a whole movie of it. I really, I liked him a lot too. I think there was a less emotional payoff, except for I guess at the end when he saves everybody. And then like that was, that was great. But like, like through the whole thing, like, like his whole story was a little bit less emotional until the end. But like, I really enjoyed maybe that part even more. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to,
3: I'll tell you what the, like when he saves everybody, that was great. And Collins the whole time, he's like, come on, Ferris, come on. Like trying to like, you know, he's like, get him, you know, like that was so satisfying, but even more so when, after he's like passed by the beach, just gliding, you know, his engines dead. And then another dive bomber comes in and you're like, this is it. And we're looking at Kenneth. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name, Brett, Brana, Brana? Brana. Sure. Uh, we're looking at Kenneth Branagh's face, his reaction to the whole thing. And you're like, dang, like this is it. And then he like somehow pulls out another save that with was, no
1: engine. That was actually the moment I was thinking oh, okay. about more than anything. Where yeah. Like that, that was like, oh,
2: he got me. And then he, and then he lands and gets captured. Uh, that, that one was actually based on something that actually happened. Really? There was a plane flying over Dunkirk that had run out of gas that was like on the decline and they were just hovering, trying to last as long as they could. And they shot down a bomber.
3: That's crazy. Wow. Well, I mean, there's like, it makes sense actually because you're giving away no signature. You don't have like, you know, in in those planes back in the day, like you're, you're, you're still able to hear outside the cockpit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and so there's no, there's no engine signature to be like, Oh, I've got one on my
2: tail or coming up to me or whatever. It's just like a glider silent death well and apparently those bombers that they had um that make that sound the, the dive bombers, the dive bombers yeah. one though that sound doesn't come from their engines they have they literally made like little noise like makers fins, that yeah. they put on the the landing gears yeah so that as they dive bomb and those come out a little bit like it makes that noise it's just terror it's it's uh-huh. a it's a and terror attack well and then the germans later on in the war after they like initiated this would just play that sound yeah. like to the enemy troops, just mm. terrorize them essentially, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a interesting tactic for sure. Um, but apparently they were really easy to kill once they were in that bombing. Oh, once they, they were locked in, to right. They're doing at that point. And so they're committed. Yeah. That's when they did it.
3: Mm. Well, and that was what even Mark Rylance said that about uh, when they dodge, which is another just high stakes moment. When oh yeah. They're dodging the, with the boat. The, the, the fighter planes coming at him. And he's like coaching his son on when to turn, like wait for my word. And he says, wait until he's committed to mm-hmm. his route. Like, cause once, once you commit, like it, they're not,
2: you can't really course correct.
3: Yeah. They're not yeah. that maneuverable once they're committed to, uh,
1: to, uh um, maneuver. I really, I liked that moment. Cause I was like, what a, just what a cool dude. Dad. <laughs> oh
2: like, yeah. Just <laughs> like he, stuff.
1: Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> like he's yachting with his kids to go save a bunch of people. And he's like, all right, I know, what this plane is. And I know how to avoid this particular plane. It seems like he did that for
3: every single plane. Yeah. Cool dude. When, uh, when he calls it out, like Spitfires and, and, uh, the George or whatever, the, the friend, the, the blind kid, (laughs) he's like, you didn't even
2: turn around and he's like, Oh, Rolls Royce, blah, blah, blah engine, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it didn't say this at all in the movie. And I don't know if it's true. I I mean, it's, probably not true I, I just in my mind rationalized it as like either he had conversations with his son who was an arf uh or or, or raf, RAF RALF, royal RAL air force um or it was like research he did after his son died like he dug into like the enemy a little bit yeah and, but that was just something i kind of read into it
3: yeah i i don't i i think i i think i made the same assumption yeah. The the former, not the latter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same.
2: Was there anything that didn't work for you? I know we've like been pretty high up on it. I know we also mentioned uh, Bane, but uh, was there anything else in the movie that was like, eh? I think this could have been better, or this could have been touched up. Or
1: honestly, I had a little bit of a hard time rooting for our mainland guy. I didn't. I don't yeah. know what it. I didn't like him. I didn't really attach to him. Uh, so though some of those were a bit of a miss for me. We're like, I don't know about, but like, uh, uh, like not all of those scenes, but like just him in particular, wasn't that into honestly. Yeah. I mean,
3: I, I know what you mean. There was something, and maybe this was the point, maybe this was on purpose. There was something very unheroic feeling about all of the land
1: characters yeah. for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think, I I don't know, part of me, and maybe it's just cause we saw him the most, but he felt Actually, maybe not, didn't feel particularly unheroic because they all kind of sucked. You know, yeah. They're all going to kill each other just to get away. Yeah. Um,
3: which I guess I, you know. Is real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. Like it, they're he, in survival mode. They're not in war mode. They're they're surrounded. They're cut off. They're, you know. Yeah. The
1: only one who felt like any kind of a hero was the French one who was still not really because he was hiding out and sneaking in with the English. But right. Like he goes back and saves all their lives. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I had a little bit of a hard time with them.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that that really didn't like. I understand uh, that, like, how you felt that way. It didn't bother me, um, Scott. What what was that bit of trivia that you were telling us before? That like a lot of the soldiers were very green, correct? Which is why Chris Nolan used really like unheard of.
2: Yeah, most of the soldiers that were sent into this area that were there at Dunkirk were like new recruits. It was a lot of just young, unexperienced soldiers. Well, and, and so, this was pretty early in the war, and so he uh, decided to use like no name actors, yeah. besides, hairstyles. Kinda,
0: besides hairstyles. Besides hairstyles, the yeah.
2: biggest no name in the movie,
1: am I right?
0: I yeah, yeah. I, I actually really appreciated that aspect of the movie in that like we didn't really have like we had uh, these characters that did feel very unheroic and not impressive, and yeah. I I feel like sometimes war movies can be a little like over romanticized and like sensationalized where we have these macho income larger leads. Than mm-hmm. Yeah. Brad Pitt and fury, Mark Wahlberg and like Lone Ranger
2: where it's like you, you everyone in saving private Ryan. I, well, I, yes I would hard disagree. disagree. I <laughs> severed Tom Hanks, the, the lead. Well, and, and uh, man, um, what uh,
3: what's his name? The, Caparzo. Uh, no, <laughs> although Caparzo kind of sucks. Oh, you're too. talking
1: about, uh, the
2: translator. Yeah. Uh, no, the.
0: Uh, Uh, Daniel Faraday from lost. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: no, I just mean like, like, I don't like, I I wasn't saying that. I think Tom Hanks was very, is an example of somebody in that movie. He, I think he was very heroic, but I don't think he was this macho dude. Oh God. You know, but like, like he was a hero, but I don't know, just, and I, I, I think that was maybe one of the, the one of the great successes of that movie is like, Oh, there's just some like English teacher dude who's like stepping up to do what he needs to do. Exactly. And,
0: um, and I think a lot of these movies have that kind of character. I'm not saying Tom Hanks, but like the kind of character I was describing where not to say that, you know, they're going to make it through the entire movie, but you have a good idea that they're going to last to the end of the movie and that they're going to be the one that everyone else is looking to and they're going to take charge. And it, it just can feel a little. They're George Washington figures. Banal oh. and predictable. And I liked how we didn't get this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Tom Hardy's the closest thing to that, I guess. But and like the Admiral. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but
2: the,
3: they're and not the, huge.
2: what's his name? The boat captain. Like, he wasn't a soldier, but he was, like, yeah. the most, Oh, yeah, like he
3: was he, heroic He person. was the most heroic, even over Tom Hardy. He was but the most heroic. But he's not the
0: sexy, macho... No, you know? yeah. And, like, yeah. I liked how we didn't have that on the ground. I liked how these were just kids who didn't know what they were doing and, and were scared and, like, were very not impressive. I just thought that was, like, a refreshing, unique take.
3: Like, some directors would have cast Mark Rylance... Uh, character with like, like Kiefer Sutherland, where it's like, you know, like you're like, oh, you know, like we're, we're gonna 24. get there, you know, <laughs> like whereas like Mark Rylance is a very unassuming guy, and so the most heroic being the, the least assuming,
0: and, and even more than that, like I'm just grateful that, like, when we have like we look at the young core. Soldiers that were on land that, like, there wasn't anyone who stepped up and gave this, like, moving speech and took charge. Like, we Mm -hmm. didn't have that. It just felt much
2: more organic and real. Even the the general who's there, like the Colonel, yeah, the Colonel, the boat gets shot and he just says, push it off. We can't let it land here. Yeah. Oh like, no, that yeah. was the
3: Admiral. Yeah. That was that. Yeah,
2: yeah. So like, he's like not doing anything inspiring. He's yeah. just trying to do what he can to get the troops to survive. So, yeah, and I don't even like, Oh, sorry. I just wanted to go okay, go ahead. I, was, I don't even think I wanted that in particular.
1: I just, I felt like, like I was just missing something like some hook in there of like, not even like, a hero, but just like moral goodness. <sighs> like, yeah. I don't even know what it is exactly, but like, yeah. And ma- maybe it couldn't have been, yeah. Something like that. But like, uh, in like, like in like even some small way. Yeah. Know? Uh, but I don't know. I listening to what you're saying, I feel like what you're saying makes sense. So I've got to, I've got to think about it, but yeah. I, I don't think I was looking for necessarily what you were talking about.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there were, there were bits of courage, most of the the courage that I experienced in the movie weren't against like the Germans. It was against other things happening, like the Frenchman going back to open the door mm. in the boat. Like they're they're overcoming fears in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. It's just not in direct combat with the enemy.
1: Yeah, no. I, I that that's why I was talking about. Like, I feel like we did get that with the French guy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
3: I will say one of my favorite moments of the whole movie, just because it was like the, like it's a very heavy movie, you know, Mm -hmm. like in general, it's very heavy. Um, the, the little bit of respite that we got when the guy wakes up on the mole and looks around and there's no one there. Oh yeah. At the very end. <laughs> and, then, and then the, uh, the Admiral yells at him like, come private. on private. Yeah. Like, and then, and then we see them and it's like, okay. Like, but that moment of like, oh my gosh, we left a guy. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And then the, the levity of, you know, that whole exchange, he's like, I know we're officers, but it's better than the enemy, you Mm know?
2: (laughs) Well, what's funny too, is like, you know, he was just so exhausted, probably staying up for so many days in a row that he just slept through the the evacuation that happened.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of those moments. I feel like uh, maybe we've all experienced this. I know I have where like you go through something really stressful and kind of traumatic and you make it on the other side and you're so relieved that it's just like people are just cracking jokes. It's funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everything's yeah. funny. You're just so happy that it's just like it like everyone's your buddy. And oh, it kind yeah. of reminded me of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, the the uh giddy relief of yeah, the release of of stress and pressure and tension.
2: There was something too that happened in this story that the movie didn't really portray, which I don't think it needed to. Like I think the movie's pretty excellent as is and I think it might've convoluted it. But another element to this was that the tr- German troops stopped advancing and it was because of a whole nother sector of like um, intelligence where they fed Hitler bad data on purpose so that he would... He thought he was going to be getting attacked somewhere else, so he was holding off on pushing because he wanted to be able to defend someplace else. And that was just to try to create enough time to get these people out. The power of misinformation. Mm-hmm. Which is something that like adds to like the oh, story absolutely. as a whole, but yeah. like maybe didn't need to be in this movie.
3: Yeah. Um, I uh who who was your guys' favorite character?
1: It's a little bit of a toss-up for me between um the, the Boat Dad. What's it what's his name?
0: Uh, Mark Rylands. Mark I Rylands. like Boat Dad. Boat Dad. <laughs> yeah,
1: just Boat Dad. Uh and uh Tom Hardy. Like I, I, I liked both of them a
2: lot.
0: Yeah, I mean Boat Dad's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I really liked his boat son. Boat Dad
2: and Blind Kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd read that comic. <laughs> Mr. Dawson.
0: Okay. I really I really liked his son, actually. Um I did too. Yeah but honestly like i mean i'm going to give it to boat dead but uh the last shot of tom hardy in that plane and like what he just accomplished puts him at a close second right yeah yeah
3: oh like just his uh his like
0: satisfaction
3: and and, and he's got the window open and just, (laughs) and and
0: I think even like with a little bit of context prior to when he sees that he's pretty much out of fuel and still makes the decision to go towards Dunkirk. Oh yeah. And knows that like that sacrificial move and is able to save everyone. And then like all that, I just thought was so cool and really moving. Um, so I, I was a big fan of Tom Hardy in this movie too.
3: You know what? I didn't understand if he was going to, uh, because that's what you do. Like you, um, you know, if, if you, uh, get down, you know, behind enemy lines, you destroy your, your vehicle because you don't want the enemy to have it. Um, not only because it's a weapon, but because there's intelligence involved with that. So you have to destroy it. So if he was going to do that anyway, why the heck didn't he just bail out, let it crash in the ocean and parachute down to like join the, the boat rescue. Cause that wouldn't have looked cold as hell
0: <laughs>
3: as him landing on the beach, getting out and torching it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I know that's a joke, but that was one of the best shots of the movie, oh yeah. mm-hmm. in my opinion. Oh, it absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, like, Can we talk a little bit about the cinematography? I thought it was so freaking good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, there were some shots, uh, like specifically when some of those boats were sinking. Like, oh, yeah. I don't understand how they got them. Yeah, did they actually sink boats? Well, uh, Chris Nolan is uh,
3: famous, especially in the last, you know, three, four movies that he's made. Famous for avoiding CGI at all costs. Mm-hmm. Like he does almost everything in camera.
2: Yeah. I mean, it did cost a hundred million to make this movie. So I'm sure they did some actual things. I especially with that scene where you're talking about where they land on the beach, it was super beautiful. Was something that I thought was interesting too, was like, they actually landed a spitfire plane on the yeah. beach of Dunkirk at that at, to film that. And it was the first time that a plane had landed on the beach since 1940 when Dunkirk actually happened but also like as they shot that tide was coming up and they had a very limited time and the plane started like sinking into the sand. Mm. And so they there was just like a rush of all the people just ran out with shovels to dig it up so they could get the plane off before high tide came in, which I thought was pretty funny. Ruin this piece uh-huh. of history. Yeah. This thing that they've rented from this guy that's worth 50 million dollars. <laughs> And, and in so many ways
0: is priceless. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Even if, even if they, this guy attached a price to it, a valuation, it's, it's still priceless.
0: What was that? What was that bit of trivia you were telling us too about, uh, that, like that roll of film, that got wet or like one of the cameras. So when the
2: the plane lands in the water, when his, like the Tom Hardy's best friend guy goes in the water, there's a, a camera in the cockpit that's shooting him. And apparently the plane sank because fa- they actually put a plane into the water on it. It wasn't one of the Spitfires; it was a different kind. But they uh, actually sank a plane, and it sank way faster than they thought it would. And so they lost it. Like the plane went down with the uh, with the camera in it, and the film got wet. And like they ended up getting it out, uh, and they used some kind of old technique to preserve it and keep it wet until it got to L.A. And they ended up using that shot like in the movie. It's crazy.
3: Yeah, I imagine that it was uh the the shot facing up toward the actor when mm-hmm. he's trying to get out yep. of the cockpit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which was uh, a crazy scene too. Oh gosh. So stressful even
3: though I knew that Boat Dad <laughs> yeah. was on his way. I was like, oh no, if yeah. he misses Boat Dad, was Boat good. Dad and Blind knew. Kid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 the adventures of Boat Dad and Blind Kid. <laughs> yeah.
3: Let's talk about Blind Kid for a second, Barry Kogan. Uh You know, he, uh, or however you say his name, he was, uh, you know, obviously in Eternals along with Harry Styles pretty recently, which is kind of funny. Um, but I didn't particularly love him in that movie. However, I thought he acted the heck out of his role in this. Yeah, I agree. I agree with
1: both of those things that I didn't love him in Eternals and I liked him in this. Yeah, I
0: I, I
3: liked him in Eternals.
1: I didn't think
2: his acting was bad in Eternals. I just thought Eternals plot was bad. That no. could be it. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I kinda
3: liked Eternals. I liked I liked the movie. I just didn't like him in it.
2: Yeah, I thought it was just now well, this isn't reviewing Eternals, so I'm not gonna get into yeah. it, but <laughs> I thought he did fine in Eternals.
3: Yeah. But no, I thought he did great, and, and I'm glad you brought up Boat Dad's son, because I thought he did terrific as well. I was really impressed with, because they they were, you know, in the story, but also apparently the youngest actors in, the, it's,
2: in this movie. It's just Boat Son. Boat Son. Boat Dad <laughs> boat and Boat Son.
3: <laughs>
2: I, I think his name is Peter.
3: Yeah, in the Peter,
2: movie. it looks like.
3: Click on that uh, actor, Tom Glenn Carney. I, I don't know what I've seen him in. Other than this, but I've definitely seen him in something. Uh, uh it must have been I don't know Tolkien. No, well yeah. he's gonna be in the new. Uh, he's gonna be in the new Game of Thrones mm-hmm. as son of boat dead. Son of boat dead. <laughs>
0: uh, boat son. I wonder who. Who he hasn't he been in a ton. Tolkien? Does it say you played Christopher Tolkien?
3: No, Christopher Wiseman. Oh, in Tolkien. Uh, never mind then. It must have been Tolkien that I'd seen him in. But yeah,
1: I thought he did terrific. Did you see Tolkien? Yeah. How was it? Mm. Okay. I I was going to watch it, and then I heard the Tolkien uh, estate hated it, but then I realized that the Tolkien estate hates everything. I was going to say, yeah. what
0: do they not hate? Yeah,
1: Like, stop letting that's,
3: people do it. That's <laughs> But that's what they get paid for. They don't get paid for the intellectual property rights. They get paid to hate things.
2: Yeah. Could be. <laughs> I like how Perry Kogan's picture on IMDb is about Dunkirk, and it's not about Eternals, Eternals which is, is more recent bigger breakthrough did movie. you call him perry barry i thought you said uh, you perry,
3: said perry. <laughs> uh i uh it, that happens a lot on imdb though where there it's just like a super old like just it's like that does movies. not look like you anymore it's you mean, Like you no know?
2: one's updating these things yeah no yeah, yeah. that's fair
3: yeah because i think it's their job to update their own page i think their own profile and i doubt any actor they don't is, treat it like a big actors like like (laughs) like logging into their imdb to like go post a status update
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, feeling hungry (laughs) barry
0: Barry kogan is feeling hungry right
2: now (laughs)
0: 2022 (laughs) uh what i'm curious like where does this rank for you guys uh with chris nolan
2: movies that's hard to to judge because i really do i don't think there's been a chris nolan movie i haven't liked um. yeah it's it's up there with all, all the ones that I've seen I, honestly
1: I like, like like thinking about it and like this is gonna sound bad I think it's mid like really I like I think I like Inception more I think I liked Prestige more I'm trying to think I think I I might I may have even liked uh Memento more and I'm trying to think about the rest of the movies wasn't Interstellar wasn't that Chris it know. was yeah it was yes oh I liked this better than I liked Interstellar oh, okay um yeah. So I don't know. Like, like it's, it's, it's mid, but that's a, it's like good company to be mid yeah. in. So yeah, I'm absolutely. Sure. I, I would say this is like maybe three or
3: four for me. Like, I think, I think a tenant is his number one for me. Okay. Uh, and then probably dark Knight, and then probably interstellar. And then this. Mm. You weren't a huge interstellar fan, Jake. Uh, nah. So I, I guess it. that
1: puts it about halfway yeah. as well. I guess that's <laughs> the thing is because you think like, oh, he's done so many great movies. So like, you know, where does it fall? Does it really matter uh, at this point? Because like, they're all really good.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, it's, it's almost
3: like, uh, it's almost like fighting for second, you know yeah. what I mean? Fighting for second place. It's right. like,
1: well, you know, yeah. Inter- uh, what's it called? The, the, what was the one we were talking about that came out most recently? Tenet. 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 I need to watch that again. Uh, I just, I had a bad viewing experience where I had, I just had to keep pausing it and like stuff keep coming up. So I need to watch that again to decide where it falls for me.
3: Yeah. I just rewatched it the other, after watching this, because I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to watch Tenet again. And uh, man, that is a,
2: that is like a near perfect movie. Hmm. Yeah. I need to rewatch that one. I liked Tenet, but there, it was just. Yeah, there was so much happening, so much going on. I think I would need to rewatch it. I think w- why I like this movie so much is that it's based on a true story. Sure. And that it's like it, I just get, I feel a lot of like inspiration and, and those types of feelings coming from it. And so I think that's why I would elevate it above some of the other ones that I really love, like Prestige. I, I love Prestige. Um, but it, Prestige for me is like super interesting, but it's not super emotional. Whereas this is super interesting and super emotional yeah, for me. Definitely. Yeah. It was interesting. We, in
0: zero dark 30, we talked about like, did this movie make you feel patriotic or anything? And I felt like Dunkirk made me feel a lot more patriotic than zero dark 30 did
2: about Britain. There were no
1: just, Americans.
0: <laughs> I know, but just for like the allies, like oh, yeah. I, I still felt just like the it, side of good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I felt much more inspired mm-hmm. and just,
3: yeah, I did feel pretty inspired to be British. I've yeah. never felt
0: that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you and uh, Liz were were good friends.
1: Yeah, but I, do, I don't want to be British.
0: I mean, I've got some English ancestors. Like I'm, I'm English. Yeah, I guess I have a lot I, of
1: Irish ancestors. Maybe that's why I don't want to be British. That's probably true. Uh, I'm mostly Welsh, I'm yeah. mostly English, hmm. more than Italian. Way more.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
3: I'm like three quarters English. Oh, gotcha. I'm as much Italian as I am Icelandic.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know you were at all
3: Icelandic. Yeah. It's what like you, an
2: eighth of each. What are you, Scott? I think I'm mostly German, but I've never taken one of the tests. Uh, but I'm, from what I've heard, is that I'm German and Welsh primarily. That's true. I've never taken a test, so uh, my
0: grandparents might just be wrong. Right. And I might not be any of what I think I am. Well, yeah. It's one I'm, of those
2: things, like... What in Europe people are always moving and doing yeah. stuff. So just because your parents your or your great grandparents yeah. are from Germany doesn't mean they were German descent. Sure. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. They could have been French. Uh-huh. That they just moved to Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Although not a lot of those in in uh, my great grandparents' age, because no. that was a uh, bad time to do it. Bad time to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, what do you say? Do we want to? Oh, actually, I have one more question for you guys. How does this rank among uh among period war films?
0: For me, it's high. It's really high. I um, think it might be my my second favorite World War II movie after uh, Private Ryan.
1: Yeah, I think
2: cool. I like Inglorious Bastards, but I don't like either of those.
1: I don't really count Inglorious.
0: It, it
3: just feels so fake. Fic- I mean, it, it is a yeah. fiction.
2: It's not a period war i mean i guess it kind of is it's, but it's a period it's as movie, much but a I period
3: don't... war movie as jojo
2: rabbit was yeah <laughs>
1: mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, but then, then if we're not counting that then it then i guess it would like probably in the top three or i five, mean we four. can't do it
2: because of we've all seen it but i would put saving private ryan as close to perfect as i would rate something and i would put this up there with that yeah i do love saving private ryan yeah Oh, yeah. What's not to love? I may watch that today. I think I watched it a week ago. Did you really? hmm And I still couldn't come up with Up'em earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
3: I
1: just
2: watched this. Come on. Come on. Or it wasn't
1: Corporal. I think it was Private Up.
2: No, it was Cor- Cor- Corporal Corporal, Corporal. Corporal yeah. yeah.
1: My least favorite thing about that movie is how he gets a hero shot at the end for committing an I actual know. war crime. <laughs> That's <laughs> the worst. That's the, the literal worst. Yeah.
3: It's like his redemption is still like... Hey. Sleazy. Yeah. <laughs> Slime bally. It's over. I'll shoot, you know. <laughs> 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 oh man. All right. Well, uh with that, should we uh
2: put this one in the books? Yeah, let's do it. Scott, you're up first. I am up first, and I am about to have my highest rating I've ever done. Really? Whoa. Wow. Is it only by point 0.1? Oh. But I'm gonna give this nine point five. Wow. Um Spitfires landed on a beach. Wow! What was your previously highest? Braveheart at nine point four. So this is your
1: favorite movie we've done so far.
2: All when you're like when I'm looking across everything like like critically and enjoyment together. Yes. Yes. Wow. His favorite one is obviously Independence Day. Correct. True. True. That's high praise. That is high praise. So we'll go to you, Jake.
1: Oh, geez. Okay. I don't have a. I don't have a unit. Ready to hand, so I'll just say uh, eight point six boat dads.
0: <laughs> that was pretty solid. And Zach, I'm gonna give this nine point seven. Uh, lead singers of One Direction that no one's ever heard
2: of. And Tyler,
3: uh, this is going to be a very interesting. Uh, this is gonna be a very interesting. You gonna throw it out of ten right now? Final. Uh, I'm gonna give this uh, 9.6 blankets. Oh, huh. 93. That okay, us to
2: 93 percent didn't move, which is ranked number four. Number wow. four, new top five. Um, once again, the other guys gave this 92 percent, so we're only one percent higher than them. And IMDb gave it a surprising 7.8.
1: Maybe I need to watch it again. You guys are way higher than me. I don't know.
0: I mean, we all liked it more on our second viewing. So yeah. Maybe the there is something to that. The second viewing.
2: Yeah. Did you watch it with subtitles? Yeah, I did said, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, 93% pretty high score. It's our definitely our highest of the season. Highest oh yeah. A long sure. time. Highest yeah. in a long time. When was episode number th- ranked number three? Oh, we, Schindler's list. Schindler's list. So, yeah. but still,
3: I mean, before Schindler's list, when was the last time we got, we broke 90. Oh, mm. so spotlight was the 92. Yeah. 92 in our
2: six spot. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, so you
3: just kicked me out of the top five. Wow. I mean, I think you have others there.
0: I think I do, too. <laughs> I know he does. I you
2: think know, I have at least one more. We're in the top at five. Inglourious. And then, Tyler, you have the two and three spot of No Country and Schindler's. And then I have the four and five spot of Dunkirk and Moneyball. And then, Tyler, you have three more. And then Zach's highest is in the nine spot at Zodiac. Oof. Tyler's honorable mentions are Spotlight, a can Man, and Django.
1: Yeah.
3: All right. I can live with that.
1: um, You know what I was just realizing is like I was saying I want to watch this movie again. And then Scott was kind of scrolling through our sheet. And it's just I'm not going to watch most of these movies again. These are so many movies, you know, it's just a lot.
3: I've watched at least uh,
1: at least 25% of these movies again since I just feel like reviewed it. (laughs) I feel like right now my movie watching life is like movies in theaters movies, movies for, for the podcast, podcast <laughs> and then movies that my girlfriend wants to watch and that's it. Yeah. See, I don't have that
3: third category, so it's just rewatching movies for the podcast. As
2: Those are my three categories too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, what movie are we doing next week? Uh,
0: next week we're going to be watching Edward Scissorhands.
2: Oh, nice. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny finger finger snips. snips. Yeah,
0: I guess. Well, no, I don't know where the trial is going to be by the time this airs, but uh, the Johnny Depp trial. Oh Yeah. But our first Tim Burton movie. I've been wanting to do a Tim Burton movie for a while now, um, and this felt like an appropriate one to, to do.
2: Yeah. I'm excited to watch it and uh, review it with you.
3: Jake, can you uh, explain uh, Johnny Fingersnips? Yeah, my sister loved...